the Thursday Afternoon Chat. Your favorite Joy FM artist on the JR Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, will you please put your little paws together, unless you're driving, uh, for my dear friend, Mr. Louis Giglio. Thank you for taking a moment, sir. JR, it's always good to be with you. It's been a minute, but I'm excited to be with you today. Let me start by saying I am not a reader at all. And so (laughs) when... When uh, everybody always comes and says, oh, have you read this new book? This will help your life. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like it's down my alley. And then you get a book and it sits on your nightstand and you just forget. And But there's like life-changing stuff in it if you'll just pick it up. Well, I finally picked up uh, your new book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And I have been going a page at a time, Louis. Um, and the reason is, is because... Each page has been absolutely life-changing to me, and I'm not somebody who tries to read something just to read it. I'm like, I'm coming back to the same thing every day, and I finally, I want want to give away the whole first chapter, but the book has been a source of my show the past two weeks because the bit about Habakkuk 3 that I've been sharing with my audience, you know, I've read the Bible through a few times uh, but for some reason, that scripture just has rocked me. Um, I'll just let you talk about, uh, you know, uh, instead of this interview is just Jr. talking about how the book has changed his life. <laughs> um, but yeah, talk to us about where the concept came from, from don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Somebody asked me in the, in the span of the book coming out, who did you write this for? And I said, I wrote it for me. You know, the title is a text message that I actually received at one of those moments in life where a few years back, some things had been said and situation went down and, you know, I I didn't think it all went down the right way. And a few months later, something happened and I was vindicated. And man, there's never a better day than that, right? And, you know, something usually works out and it worked out that day. And I, I texted a friend and I said, hey, you're not going to believe what happened today. You're not going to believe what I just heard. Isn't it crazy how these things always kind of have a way of working out? And I just really wanted some commiseration. And sadly, um, you know, I'd let my mind kind of wander off into the negative and been there for a little bit. And my friend loved me enough. This friend is still a very dear friend of mine. It's a real story. Um, I sent him this long text, told him all the great news that had just happened that day. Let's celebrate together that we were right. And I'm waiting for the response, staring at my phone. And finally, this little short text comes back. And I'm like, surely you hit send too early and you're going <laughs> to send me a text and say, hey, I'm sorry. I hit that too soon. Here's the rest of it. And nothing else came. So I focused on the words, nine words, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And I, oh my word, Jr. it just cut through the fog. And I realized all these things flooded into my mind in an instant. I'm like, I'm a son of a king. I'm a child of the almighty. I have a, a shepherd who has promised to lead me through life. And I'm acting like a complete orphan. Yeah. And I'm acting petty. And I'm acting like I don't even have a relationship with the king of the universe and worse i have let the enemy the capital e enemy my adversary i have just let him pull up a chair at the table and i've been having a conversation with a killer 
And it just shook me up. And I stood there in the top of my driveway. I can see it right this minute. And I just said, I am taking back my table, meaning my mind, my thinking right here and right now. And, you know, like everything in life, it wasn't an instantaneous overnight overhaul. It was a process. But that text changed my life that day. And there hasn't been a week that's gone by in the five, six, seven years since then that that nine word phrase still doesn't impact my life. And so that's what this book's about. It's about taking back our minds by taking control of the thoughts that don't match up to who God is and what he says about our lives. The Thursday Afternoon Chat. Your favorite Joy FM artist on the JR Show. My guest today here on the Joy FM is uh, one of my faves, Louis Giglio. New book has just come out, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. I forgot about the story that the book kicks off with that you just told us because I rolled right into uh, Habakkuk 3. And, you know, if if no grapes grow on the vines and the cat, no cattle in the stall, no sheep, the sheep all die, I will still trust in the Lord. My joy will come from the Lord. And then I forget there was a woman that had sent you a letter or something that, you know, just paralyzed or something. And you, I loved how you re, she had reread Habakkuk 3 with her predicament. And I've been doing that on the air, Louis, because our listeners can do that same thing that Habakkuk did is whatever your situation is, if it's addiction, if it's a marriage that doesn't have a happy ending, you know, so you think you can rewrite Habakkuk 3 for yourself and end it the same way he did. And I loved how you did that. Yeah, we, you know, the person you're talking about, Catherine Wolf and Jay and Catherine are dear friends of ours. They have an amazing book out called Suffer Strong right now. And you've probably told the listeners that Catherine, you know, should have died of a brainstem stroke. And uh, some amazing people at UCLA Hospital saved her life. But she's got um, a lot of lingering disabilities because of it. But she has such an overwhelming faith and spirit. And she doesn't say, hey, you should feel sorry for me because I have to have the assistance of this wheelchair or half my face is paralyzed or I can't swallow good or I can't see out of one eye. She, she realizes that now she has a platform that's more powerful than anything she probably would have ever even come close to with a quote unquote normal life in LA with a husband who was graduating from law school at Pepperdine. And that is a radical, powerful testimony. It's not me, the preacher standing up on Sunday telling people what to do. It's a young mother in a wheelchair saying, this is what God is using in my life to allow me to tell people how good he is. And I call it in the book that even though I will face, and you see it several places in Scripture, even in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And any of us can have great faith in uh, sunny days and smooth seas. But man, when the bottom falls out and you still know that God is an anchor and a foundation that you can stand on, A, that's when you know faith is real. But B, that is what I've experienced. That's when the world tunes in. Yeah. And they don't want to hear a, a, a Christian testimony by somebody who just won the lottery and whose kids are perfect. They want to hear from somebody who's been through the darkness and God was enough. Yeah. Uh, let me take you right up to where I am right now in the book is how 
you ask the question, if God is not your shepherd, if, you know, if Jesus is not the shepherd, then you have to rewrite Psalm 23 for you. And usually it's straight up, you know, I am my own shepherd and (laughs) I haven't seen, I love that line. I haven't seen uh, still waters in a long time. Um, But it was just great perspective. And it really challenged me like, is, am I making God my shepherd today? Because I look a lot like what you described about how when yourself is your shepherd, the 23rd Psalm just turns on its head, you know? You know, a lot of people are like, I I love the 23rd Psalm when it's cross-stitched on my grandma's, you know, pillow. Yeah. But I didn't love it when I went back and reread it. And the very first thing God's going to do is make me do something. And I don't want anybody to make me do anything. But what is he making us do? He's making us lie down in green pastures. You know why? Because we're not smart enough. I'll just make it personal. I'm not smart enough to find a green pasture to lie down in on my own. If you leave me to myself, I will burn myself out. I'll work myself into a frenzy. I'll worry myself into a dark hole. I need God to help me find green pasture That's how needy I am and how dependent on him I am. And he's giving us an incredible invitation. And when somebody says to me, I don't don't want to give God control, I say, well, congratulations, then you just took control or you're going to let somebody else have control, but you're going to have a shepherd. Every one of us is going to have some voice lead us through this life. And if it's not him, it ain't going to turn out very good. Louis Giglio, who is my guest for the Thursday afternoon chat today. New book is out. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Gas crisis in the South, Louis, between (laughs) gas this year, toilet paper last year. Neither of those two got me off my seat to race out. I don't know if it's a personality thing that I'm just like, (laughs) hey, everything will be okay, you know. But I started daydreaming about what would make me go find a guy in a dark alley or hit up the black market, and it's coffee for me. If that ever, (laughs) if the Russian hackers found a way to manipulate the grounds coming through the U.S., what is it for you, just that this is on the spot, but what, if it's gas, if it's TP, that's fine, but I'm just thinking, what is it for you if they, if they ever ran out, you know, you would be hurting. Yeah, I think if uh, if there was a shortage on Stan Smith's shoes, I'd probably start to panic. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's my go-to every single day. Okay. But, you know, fortunately, um, coffee is not my thing. But I'm, I did, I did, I was a little maybe more concerned than you about the toilet paper. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I don't know if it was a hunter, the you know the hunter reaction in me. Ah, oh, we'll be okay, you know. Hey, you're from the great northwest, right? So <laughs> yeah, like survival of the fittest. So you know what's going on. Yeah, there's moss. You know, but, we'll you be... know, isn't it crazy? The one thing we don't need. We have a war going on in the Middle East. We've got a global pandemic still happening in lots of parts of the world right now. We've had a crazy election. We've had all this turmoil and now we have a gas shortage and people are lined up around the gas station. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Could we get one day where we're not worried about something? And I know this sounds like I'm going to do a little light preacher juke, but I'm telling you, that's what this book is about. It is about sitting at the table and realizing that my shepherd is here. And he said, my cup runneth over. And I really believe we need to be upping the volume on the abundance mentality of heaven. And that's not the prosperity mentality. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that God is 
enough. And right now, every single day and every single headline is causing us to hit the alarm button and go, oh, my goodness, today we're not going to have enough gas. Tomorrow we're not going to have enough toilet paper. The next day we're not going to have enough peace. The next day we're not going to have enough of this. And, hey, we got real problems everywhere you look. But God is a God of abundance. And I, I got gas yesterday. Fortunately, someone was kind enough to go and get put gas in my car. I didn't even know there was a shortage. But I have kind people around me that do stuff like that. And let's think about it. Worst case scenario, I'll walk to work. Yeah. I'll walk to the grocery store. I'm going to survive this. We're going to make it through this. So let's all remember that God is not running out of anything today, and he's going to give us what we need. That all sounds great till you don't have your shoes anymore, though. Well, once <laughs> I don't have the stands, then, you know, I'm going to be... I'm going to be calling you. There's a different book coming. <laughs> the Thursday Afternoon Chat. Your favorite Joy FM artist on the JR Show. All right, Louis Giglio is my guest. New book is out. Don't give the devil, uh, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. We're giving away a couple copies of it on the JR Show Instagram. If you want to win, just uh, uh, comment uh, for a chance to win. Comments below, uh, below the picture of Louis and I. Just real quick, uh, since the world's gone nuts, uh, ha- have you able have you been able to watch news at all or social media? And how do you stay informed but yet protect yourself? Um, you know, just because a lot of times news and social media can suck joy away. For you personally, Louis, what's your kind of standard to be informed but but not? You know. Well, that's a big long question, but I think for me personally, I've just made a decision. I, I'm a big news guy. So if you if you found me as a college student, I'm sitting down at Georgia State reading the Atlanta Journal-Constitution from cover to cover every single day. I mean, every section. Yeah. That's just who I've always been. And this year and in the last few months particularly, I've had to cash that in. Yeah. And um, I have a news feed on my phone. I hardly uh, scroll through the headlines. And if something looks interesting not like newsworthy, flashy, um, wow, you got to read this story because it's uh, salacious or scandalous or fearful. I just blow through all that. But if something looks interesting, like, oh, there's something going on in the world that I'd like to know about, I'll, I'll take a look at it. But I've lowered my, my consumption of news significantly in the last year, particularly in this year, 2021. I just made a commitment that if it's a big enough story, I'm going to find out about it from one of my coworkers, yeah. like the gas story. That's how I found out. I mean, I did know that the pipeline got hacked, but I didn't know we had a gas crisis yesterday until about five o'clock in the afternoon when somebody told me Yeah, because I just hadn't looked at my phone all day. And so what that meant was I got a, almost a whole day of worry-free work in because I wasn't concerned about whether I was going to get enough gas when I got home or not. So I'm not saying and advocating for ignorance, but come on, uh, whether... Prince uh, Philip and Harry are going <laughs> to patch their relationship up. It's honestly none of my business. Yeah. And I can't trust anybody's insight anyway. Right. So why do I need to be concerned about that today? And I think that's true. I'm not trying to belittle it of about 90% of the things in my newsfeed right now. So I'm just saying no thank you and uh, trying to go about doing something creative and making something beautiful to encourage the world today. Awesome. The Thursday Afternoon Chat. Your favorite Joy FM artist on the JR Show. We're wrapping up. Last question for Louis Giglio. We're going to give away a a couple copies of Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table here in just a second. 
right when we hang up. But uh, have you been in contact with pastor friends around the world, Louis, that are still not a lot? Like I go to the UK every year, at least I did. And so I'm uh, my my dream is to, to work with the Church of England one day, which is just turning into museums all over the UK instead of churches. It just breaks my heart. And they still have not been able to meet. What's been your interaction with pastor friends around the world that still... Is it still all locked down? It's been really bleak. You know, all my interaction with all most pastor friends has been pretty, uh, pretty negative lately because nobody feels like they can do anything to win other than just share the gospel and have somebody get saved. And that has been a big win during the last year. But I have been talking to pastors actually in the UK, talking to a lot of pastors in California and the West Coast and other parts of the world where it's just a shutdown still. And, you know, the, the beauty of it is uh, it's sad and frustrating that we're all kind of operating at different paces, even here in America. And I just shout out to Georgia. I'm so glad that we have approached this the way we have. I think we've been incredibly responsible. But at the same time, we've had to, to learn this is a thing. And we're going to have to learn to live with it, not wait until we can live without it. And that's been a great mantra. And I just shout out to my pastor friends uh, around the world who are really, really uh, struggling with the absence of community, but still wake up every day and say, I'm still a servant and the gospel cannot be contained by the four walls of the church. There are needs all around me. What can we do today to be light in this neighborhood and in this community? And I applaud pastors for finding creative ways to serve their communities and to bide their time until, you know, we get through this thing. But it has been a heavy season to be a shepherd of a flock. And I think that's true of just about anybody leading a city, a mayor of a city, president of a country, CEO of a business, the mom of a family, everybody's in the same boat. So let's keep trying to rise above it all keep speaking hope, not not false hope, but let's keep trying to keep speaking hope. God's been through every pandemic in the history of humanity, so He knows how to get us through, and there's going to be life on the other side. That's my message today. That's my message to people in, in England. That's my message to the poor, struggling uh, people of India today, my friends in Brazil. Um, there's going to be a, another side of this, and God's going to bring us through. Awesome. I am loving the entire first chapter of Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, and I hope to move on to chapter two one day. Louis. Hey, I loved your, <laughs> you said you were reading it one page at a time, and I think that was maybe the most revolutionary statement that I've heard in a while, because I that's the way I read also. So Yeah, I mean, I go on the air and I share thoughts, something that's moved me, something that's real. I don't want to just throw anything out on the radio, so it's got to be something that's really impacted me. And so when I get through this Habakkuk 3, I'm like, it's still rocking me today. So I'm going back on the air with it today. Yeah. Well, you're as real as they come. And I'm I'm not saying this just because you're a friend. You're one of the most real people in radio and in media that I've ever met. And I've felt that about you the whole time I've known you across a lot of years. So the fact that it's impacting you and you're talking about it means that it's really impacting you. And I'm so grateful. It's really impacting me, too. Awesome. And I pray that it'll do the same thing for a lot of other people. Beautiful. Appreciate your wisdom and your passion, Louie, and uh, until we until we meet again. Thanks, JR.